Get ready for a wild ride through the cosmos with the Out of This World podcast. Join two 30-year-old guys who are here to be your cosmic guides to all things absurd and fantastic. Dive into the latest alien news, UFO sightings, and the most bizarre conspiracy theories you've ever heard. From exploring the logistics of how humankind got here to debating whether Darth Vader is into vaping, this show is off the chain and unscripted. And guess what? They want to hear from you. If you've had alien encounters or UFO experiences, these guys are all ears and ready to discuss your story. So buckle up and get ready to laugh, ponder, and question everything you thought you knew about the cosmos. The Out of This World podcast is not your typical extraterrestrial exploration. It's a unique blend of humor, curiosity, and a little bit of obsession. The host's infectious energy and passion for the unknown will keep you entertained and coming back for more. Whether you're a believer, a skeptic, or just looking for something interesting, this show has something for everyone. Join the conversation, share your stories, and let's unravel the mysteries of the universe together. So, if you're ready to leave the ordinary behind and venture into the extraordinary, Tune in to the Out of This World podcast. If you like what you hear, I will include a link in this episode's description. See you on the other side. I'm your host, Billy Dean Shoemate III. This podcast is brought to you by Spotify, Asylum 817 Productions, and DistroKid. So, it feels like this week kind of dragged, didn't it? It felt like it's, I've been, it's been like forever since I recorded a Strange Places episode. Some weeks go by fast as heck and some drag. This was a draggy one. I missed you. So what are we talking about this week? Well, we're going to travel all over this week. Because we're looking at something that has always been deeply mysterious to me, an object of, I'll admit it, fear, dread, trepidation, just because of what, what it represents. But what is the Ouija board really? It's known as a spirit board, talking board, witch board, or a flat board marked with the letters of the Latin alphabet, zero through nine, yes, no, we all know what it looks like, hello, goodbye. Various symbols and graphics, it uses a planchet, as a movable indicator to spell out messages during a seance. Participants place their fingers on the planchette, and it's moved about the board to spell out the words. Ouija is a trademark of Hasbro, believe it or not. Uh, it was inherited from Parker Brothers. But it's often used uh, generically to refer to, to refer to any speaking board or talking board, they're called. Spiritualists in the U.S., they believe that the dead were able to contact the living and reportedly used talking boards very similar to modern Ouija at their camps in the U.S. state of Ohio in 1886 to ostensibly enable faster communication with spirits during the big boom in this country. Following its commercial patent by businessman Elijah Bond on the 1st of July of 1890, I know some people say Ouija, but the, I mean, <laughs> really every pronunciation is right. If you look at the etymology of the word, Ouija and Ouija, people use both equally. I'm going to say Ouija because that's what I, you know, grew up and knew it as. 
But following its commercial patent, it was regarded as kind of an innocent parlor game, unrelated to the occult, until American spiritualist and professional chess master Pearl Curran popularized it as a divining tool used in World War I. Paranormal, supernatural beliefs associated with Ouija have been characterized by scientific community and are characterized officially as pseudoscience. The action of the board can most easily be explained, they say, by unconscious movements of those controlling the pointer, you know, psychological phenomena known, known as the idiomotor effect. Mainstream Christian denominations, including Catholicism, have warned against the use of Ouija considering their use as satanic practice, while other religious groups hold that they can lead to demonic possession. I'm not saying I ascribe to any of this. I'll tell you what my opinions are later. I'm just saying this is what they say. Occultists, on the other hand, they're divided, with some claiming it can be a, a real tool for not only spirit speaking, but positive transformation, while others reiterate the warnings of many Christians and caution experienced users against it. If you're looking for the word itself, it derives from the French and German words for, uh, well, some people say it, it derives from the word yes, that, that's a misconception. The name was actually given from a word spelled out on the board. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Ouija named itself. That's what they say anyway. When medium Helen Peters uh, Nosworthy, I keep messing up her name, Helen Peters Nosworthy, asked the board to name itself. When asked what the word meant, it said, good luck. So that, you know, even further added to its kind of mysterious nature, because a lot of people believe, yeah, this thing named itself. Now, if you subscribe to the idiomotor effect, which is... It is a psychological phenomenon. It's an idiomotor reflex. But it's... Well, let me, let me put it this way. It's studied, but it's not something that we could just say, oh, this is definitely what it is. Uh, we don't know. This is the closest thing that we have to you know, describe that. It's, an, it's a very well-understood phenomenon, but does it apply to Ouija? We really don't know. It's a speculation. So a lot of people believe that, yeah, the Ouija board named itself, which is, you know, just lends credence to its, not truth, but lends credence to its weirdness. If you're wondering how far back this stuff goes, one of the first mentions of automatic writing method used in the Ouija board is found in China. We're talking 1100 AD. These are documents found in the Song Dynasty. Uh, Fuji, the planchette writing, they used it for straight-up necromancy, or attempted necromancy. <laughs> Communication with the spirit world continued, albeit under special rituals. Supervisions was a central practice of King Dynasty. That's where they got it from. And then the American, you know, spiritualist movement, the big boom and that kind of stuff. This was so common by the 1880-somethings that news reported the phenomenon taking over the spiritualist camps in Ohio. I mean, this was newsworthy stuff. And then it kind of took itself down to a commercial parlor game. And now it has this, uh, you know, pretty sinister reputation. But is it real? Bad question. Obviously, it's real. Because I can go out and get one on eBay right now. But is this thing truly a spirit talking board? Can I summon the dead with this? Can I have a conversation with the dead with this? Can I have a conversation with extra-dimensional, uh, extra uh, extra, can I say that word? Extra-dimensional entities. Can I talk to angels? Demons. Does that really work? This is 
the result of idiomotor response. As I said earlier, that's what they say. Studies have been conducted uh, recreating the effects of Ouija in the lab and showing that under laboratory conditions, the subjects were moving the planchette involuntarily. I got a question, though. I mean, I'm not trying to be a smartass, and I'm not a doctor either, nor am I a psychologist. But how the hell do they know that? Right? There's probably a way for them to find out. Maybe they scan their brains or whatever. It's just, you know, it's it's uh, it's kind of it's just kind of odd to me. When uh, you know they 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 did this under controlled conditions, idiomotor phenomenon because they rely on unconscious movement. That's all fine and dandy, but can you spell words sentences with that effect? The difference is that the idiomotor phenomenon is based on the idea that. Just the idea that something can happen tricks the brain into doing it. For example, thinking about not moving the planchette leads to you... That's my cat. Sorry. <laughs> leads to you moving it. You want out? Cool. He, I, I, I guess he wanted to be a part of the show this week. I guess just talking about Ouija summoned the uh, deep repressed evil that is inside my cat. But <laughs> there's been a lot of r religious responses. Notable users have been all over literature, all over. Emily Grant Hutching. I mean, I can I can go forever as far as you know, writers, well-known writers who have messed with this. Emily Grant Hutchings claimed that her novel Jab Heron, a novel written with the Ouija board, was dictated by Mark Twain's spirit, and people have thought it was kind of spooky because it really, really looks like it was written by Mark Twain. Peter Lenore Curran alleged that for over 20 years he was in contact with a spirit named Patience Worth. The symbiotic relationship produced several no novels, works of poetry, prose, which Pearl Curran uh, claimed were delivered to her through channeling Worth's spirit during sessions with a Ouija. Much of William Butler Yeast's later poetry was inspired and, among other facets of occultism, and straight up uh, copied from his Ouija board sessions. Late 1963, Jane Roberts, and these are just a few. I mean, there's hundreds. I just picked the most noteworthy ones. And her husband, Robert Butts, started experimenting with a Ouija board as part of uh, Roberts' research for a book on extrasensory perception. On the 2nd of December, 1963, they began to receive coherent messages from a male personality who eventually described himself as Seth, culminating in a series of books dictated by Seth. That's amazing. In 1982, poet James Merrill, released an apocalyptic 560-page epic poem called The Changing Light and at Sandover. The Changing Light at Sandover, which documented two decades of messages dictated from the Ouija during seances hosted by Merrill and his partner, David Noyes Jackson. This won a National Book Critics Circle Award in 1983. It's a big deal. Published in three volumes. This was all Ouija board sessions. We all know who Alistair Crowley is. It was just a matter of time before his name popped up on this show. He had great admiration for those the use of the Ouija board. He it played a passing role in his magical workings. Jane Wolfe, who lived with Crowley at the you know Thelema, the the Abbey, also used the Ouija board. She credits some of her greatest spiritual connections to use of this thing. Crowley also discussed the Ouija board uh, with another of his students, and the most ardent of them, Charles Stansfield Jones. It's frequently mentioned in their unpublished letters. In 1917, Arkad experimented with the board as a means, and that's, that's what he called himself, Freighter Arkad, Charles Stansfield Jones. So when I say Arkad, that's who it is. He experimented with the board as a means of summoning angels as opposed to elementals. 
he wrote this in a letter to Crawley one time. Verbatim, uh, this is what it said. Your Ouija board experiment is rather fun. You see how satisfactory it is, but I believe things improve greatly with practice. I think you should keep one to Angel and make the magical preparations more elaborate. This is bizarre. And this goes, you know, into, does magic even exist? I mean, is, is that even a thing? Did Alistair Crowley tap into something? We have, I can keep going. We have guys like Roland Doe. He used a Ouija board with the Catholic Church stated led to his possession by a demon. Bill Wilson, co-founder of Alcohol and Non-Alcoholics Anonymous. That Bill Wilson used a Ouija board and conducted seances and attempt to contact the dead. Alice Cooper. Yeah, the singer, Alice Cooper. You know what his real name is? Vincent Damon Furnier. That's actually kind of a cool name, too. But do you know how he got the name Alice Cooper? A session with a Ouija board. During it was revealed that Furnier was the reincarnation of a 17th century witch named Alice Cooper. He used a Ouija board. She confirmed her name as Alice Cooper. That's amazing. He got the name from a Ouija board. The Mars Volta wrote their album Bedlam in Goliath based on their experiences with the Ouija board. It's everywhere. The murder trial of Joshua Tucker. The mother insisted he had carried out the murders while possessed by the devil who found him when he was using a Ouija board. Ouija board stories, there's a gazillion of them. And they're not going anywhere. Everybody has their, or every family, I should say, not everybody. That'd be alarming. But every, I think somebody knows, I think everybody knows somebody who has some kind of a tale with the Ouija board, some kind of an odd experience. And me, my family, we're no exception. My mom, back in the day, see, I'm 40, so this was a while back. <laughs> my mom being, uh, you know, the rebellious teenager that she was, her and one of her friends were using a Ouija board. And it, they got it all set up, they started it, and it said, stop playing. Okay, that's kind of weird. So they keep going. It says, please stop. For some reason, <laughs> that's about the point I'd walk away. They keep going. It says, please stop playing. Play it again. Next message was, I'm warning you. This is what my mom said happened, and it was corroborated by her friend. Years later, when I was, you know, obviously old enough to inquire about stuff like this, did it again. Kept playing. It said, last warning. And that is when they said goodbye and walked. Pretty bizarre stuff. I don't want to go the religious angle on you here. I think that's been done enough with the Ouija board. You're going to see so... I mean, Norman Rockwell. The May 1st, 1920 issue of the Saturday Evening Post showed two people playing with a Ouija board. This is a huge part of our culture, whether we like it or not. It's there, and it's always going to be there. Can this do something? Can this really summon demons? There's so many stories out there. And there's been zero independent research. Yes, people have researched Ouija boards and we've seen them on TV and we've seen that study and we've quote unquote study. We've seen that, but nothing neutrally done. And I say that because the studies that were done, I read a lot of these studies in preparation for this. Looked at a lot of studies, watched a lot of studies. It's like they have a preconceived thing going in. I'm not trying to sell the Ouija board thing to you. I'm just saying. I have yet to see a study, scientific or otherwise, where people just go in neutral. 
and not kind of snickering at this thing or saying, we're going to prove this magic is real. I want somebody to go into this neutral. Yeah, they were being scientific and stuff about it, but all these studies, I mean, it's, it's obvious, man. It's painfully obvious. They were walking into this from Jump Street to debunk it. Yeah, they've been criticized by scholars early on. I mean, described in 1927 journal as vestigial remains of primitive belief systems and to con part fools from their money. Well, maybe so. But these things are creating poetry, full-blown sentences. I mean, is this stuff that exists in the mind of the person and it's just subconsciously, subconsciously coming out? Are these designed in such a unique and perfect way, the planchette, that whatever is in your mind subconsciously comes out? I'm thinking to myself, too, is there any medical ailment? Is there any kind of person to where the Ouija board would not work on them? You know what I mean? I'm not talking people who are mentally handicapped or you know anything like that. I'm talking about someone who is, uh, how, how do I word this? Someone who's intelligent enough to use the Ouija board and understand its meaning and know what they're doing, but somebody who isn't susceptible to that. What are the, what's the word I'm looking for? This um, idiomotor effect kind of internal monologue that can't be swayed by that. What would happen if someone diagnosed sociopathic used it? What would happen if someone diagnosed psychopathic used it? I haven't seen studies like that. Yeah, they probably fall to the idiomotor effect, right? They're probably susceptible to that. Maybe it's just a human thing. But I figure those people would be a little tougher to crack. Involuntary muscle movement. Things that are in your subconscious mind coming out. I'm interested in that. All these pe normal people, quote unquote normal people, no one's truly normal. But you know, all these normal people doing these studies. I want to see what happens when you take someone who's a diagnosed sociopath. I want to see what happens when you take someone who's a diagnosed psychopath. See what kind of sentences they create. Is it truly subconscious? We don't really know. I want to avoid going, you know, all faith on you because, you know, I am a Christian and there are certain things that the Bible has said that we need to stay away from this kind of stuff and this, uh, it, it is a legitimate phenomenon, but the power that, that, okay, so that's why the Christian Bible says we are not to use that kind of stuff and visit oracles and soothsayers and stuff like that because, that power does not come from God. So it acknowledges this power does exist, and it tells us to stay away from it. So from my own perspective, if, see, God could have easily just dismissed this and said, hey, this, this stuff ain't real, stay away from it. He acknowledged <laughs> that this is legitimate, that this, that this kind of stuff, I'm not saying Ouija in particular, but this kind of stuff, um, precognition, extrasensory perception, that this stuff exists and tells us to stay away from it. If he wanted to, us to stay away from it, he would have just said that, but he acknowledged that it is a power that exists on this earth. That is big to me, but we don't have to go there, do we? Has this thing really caused demonic possessions? There's been a lot of stories where you know, the Ouija was linked to it. I want to tell you about a podcast that's like a hilarious trip to the man cave with your best buddies. It's called the Bush League Podcast, and trust me, it's a wild ride of laughter and camaraderie. Picture this, four lifelong friends, Gary, Tyson, Jeremy, and Cameron, 
team up to deliver non-stop comedy that's as fresh as it gets. These guys don't hold back. Their show is unscripted, funny, and covers everything under the sun. Whether they're cracking jokes, talking wrestling, F1, or hockey, or just riffing on everyday occurrences, the Bush League Podcast keeps you entertained from start to finish. It's like eavesdropping on the banter of your best buddies, and you're guaranteed to laugh along with them. And the best part, it's good, clean fun. No need to worry about uncomfortable moments or offensive content. Just pure, unadulterated humor from our four friends who know how to have a good time. So if you're in need of a laughter fix and want to join the fun, check out the Bush League Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Don't miss out on the comedy experience of a lifetime. Subscribe to the Bush League Podcast today and join the Man Cave Party. It's comedy gold, and you don't want to miss it. That's the Bush League Podcast. Subscribe now and get ready for a podcast that's pure, unfiltered, and side-splittingly funny. Thanks for listening. And now, back to our regularly scheduled programming. It's all speculation. This one is extremely difficult to pin down because we have so many stories. They're everywhere. But nothing solid, nothing concrete yet. And I don't like the studies. I'm sorry. The independent studies aren't really done scientifically. They're not really lab conditions. I, I don't like it. There's too many variables there. Conclusions are sloppy. It's just not there. And then the official, quote-unquote, official uh, lab studies, you just get this vibe, man, that they're looking to debunk it going in. I'm not seeing that either side, you're both guilty. <laughs> I'm not seeing that either side is neutral. I have another experience with the Ouija board. After my mom and dad divorced, I was 18. And then my parents got remarried to you know other people again. And I was well into my 30s when my dad got married again. And she happened to have, uh, she happened to have kids, which was exciting for me because I never had a sister. Now I had a sister. You know? And uh, I came, uh, went to visit my dad one day. And my sister comes up to me you know, by marriage. And she was only like 15, quite a bit younger than me. And she goes, Hey, your dad, let me get a Ouija board. And I was like, Oh, get that thing away from me. I went up to my dad. and I was like, tell you what, I, I don't mean to be a dick. I, I, I'm, I, I don't want to do that. But I am not coming over again until she gets rid of that damn thing. You should know better. And he's like, come on, this is just a game and you're really not going to come over. He's like, I'm not fucking with that shit, man. I'm not messing with it. Please get rid of the damn thing. And he thought it was kind of silly. He was talking me out of it. And then I started feeling bad. I was like, all right, tell you what, I'll come over. Just, just keep that damn thing away from me. Okay. And if anything is weird, I'm out, I'm out. But then my sister kept telling me that she was having nightmares all the time, really weird, vivid nightmares. And it wasn't until she gifted it to a friend of hers that she didn't have them anymore. Of course, she was 15. Your hormones all over the place. But I don't want to completely discredit her either. I don't have any proof that it happened or it did happen. Maybe it was something psychological. I'm seeing a lot of fingerprints of that. Have you noticed with the Ouija board? A lot of it does feel very, very psychological. It's really hard to pin down what is causing this and we don't have enough study to really really look at it is there any hard evidence out there real hard evidence that will point us in the right direction is there anything out there that's smoking gun you know 
if I stick my nose in the internet and I concentrate on Ouija, am I going to smell smoke from somewhere? I was wondering this. And actually, I kind of got my answer. There was a study, very obscure study, that was done out of England. And they tried the lab conditions thing. And it was the only study that I really saw as completely different. This was done back in the 70s. And I didn't even know about it. I had to really hunt for this. What they did was they did the same laboratory experiments. And you got that vibe, too, that they kind of had their minds made up as they went in. But something really interesting happened. And they thought of a variable that nobody else thought of. They had the test subjects do the Ouija thing. And they were, you know, making up words. They, they weren't coached in any way. I mean, it was making coherent sentences. They blindfolded the test subjects. And guess what? Gibberish. And then once I found that, the floodgates opened. I changed my tune pretty quick. You know how I said there was like no studies out there? None done, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, what's the word I used? Without any kind of agenda, right? No neutral studies. Well, I stick by that statement. I think people always had a preconceived thing going in. It's painfully obvious. However, the... National Geographic YouTube channel did a pretty damn good study on the effect of Ouija. And they ran into the same thing. If you blindfold the test subjects, it's complete gibberish. Why is that? Some, some spiritualists are saying, oh, it's because, you know, the, the eyes are the window to the soul thing. And you got to have your eyes open to be receptive to the spirits. And uh, that, that just, that sounds a little hokey to me. It may be true. Maybe true, but let's look at the effect, right? Let's look at what scientists are saying it is. Let's look this up. The effect that they're saying causes this, right? Idiomotor response. Can we have the same effect with idiomotor response because there's other ways you can test idiomotor response. You don't need a damn Ouija board. So if you test it the you know, proper way, you know, because you don't want to bring a Ouija board into a scientific investigation, right? That's not a scientific tool. So if you test the idiomotor response properly and you have the test subject close their eyes, the Charlie, Charlie challenge, you know, with the pencils, no, yes, no, you know what I'm talking about? Faraday's apparatus, there are ways to test this response without using a damn spirit board. If you have the people close their eyes, do you get the same effect? And as a matter of fact, you do. So this is a direct correlation between the scientific study, them saying that it's the effect, right? The idiomotor response and what the close eyed, close eyes studies, what the Ouija board are doing. It has the same effect as proper testing of the idiomotor response. What does that tell you? That more than likely the Ouija board is the effect of idiomotor response. <laughs> but then there's something else too. Because we start getting into the category of our uh, angels real, our demons real. We have proved me on the shadow of a doubt that the paranormal is indeed a thing. We've proven a lot of things on this show that just blow my mind. There are things we've tackled on this show that I came in 
just a babe in the woods, not knowing what these things were about. And it's honestly changed my perception of a lot of things. This show has really changed my life in some ways. Really got me to rearrange my thoughts on some of this stuff and reality in general. Does it hinder my faith? No, my faith is strengthened by it because I read about this stuff in the book before I knew it existed, right? It's just that the Bible wasn't specific about it. Did the Bible name all the dinosaurs? No, it didn't. But we have their bones everywhere. So why is that? People are saying, oh, you know, because the Bible wasn't specific about it. It means it doesn't exist. No, it's just that it wasn't the point. The Bible didn't name what all dinosaurs and described what they all look like is because that's not the point. The point of the Bible was eventually to get to how mankind can redeem themselves, right? I'm not pushing anything on you, I'm just saying. But we have proven that there's stuff on this show. We've proven that there's something else to reality. There's something else going on. We see and we experience, we hear and we feel very, very little of what's actually there. We don't understand a lot of these mechanisms. It could be time. It could be something with space. It could be something with the molecules floating around in the air. It could be something we haven't discovered yet, right? But there is something about reality that we are not seeing. And occasionally, people will get glimpses of it. We have proven that is the Ouija board one of them honestly I don't think so this did have the fingerprint of something mental you know some kind of mental effect going in but I, I wanted to give it the benefit of the doubt I wanted to make myself neutral but that study really gets me because it had the same effect when people close their eyes. It has the same exact effect as if you test the idiomotor response, you know, sufficiently with normal scientific tools. Same exact response. And they said it was idiomotor response. I think that proves it. <laughs> yeah, these weren't completely scientific studies. This is National Geographic, right? But we have two studies independent of each other that found the same results. This is Science 101. It's corroborated. That's what it is. Period. However, I'm not going to mess with anything that even has that reputation. Why? Because you're still inviting something into your life. You're still opening doors. Right? You're still opening windows. Because you're allowing something. Yes, what they always say. It's what your granddaddy said. My granddaddy said. Bad company creates bad character, right? You don't want to mess something with something that has that kind of reputation. You say, oh, it's not harmful. It could be a good thing. It could be that. Well, I'm not going there. I don't think its reputation is very savory at all. I really don't. And I think we have proven, I think we have proven that this thing is caused by idiomotor response. It's... It's cut and dry. We have independent studies that both saw the same thing, and it has the same effect as the studied idiomotor response. And that's what they said it was before National, Graphic, National Geographic even did this study, even before the study back in the 70s. That's what it is, period. A scientific method right there, and you just saw it work. <laughs> but I'm not going to mess with things like this. I remember, because of this show, making a joke 
that I thought was harmless, a little cheeky, yeah, but I made fun of a doll that I was talking about, that I made an episode about, and around this house, call me childish, call me stupid, call me weird, I refuse to speak his name on this show or otherwise, because I, I wrote an inanimate object in the Florida Keys, an apology letter, I had someone who worked the office take the phone and hold it up to the glass enclosure. I apologized to an inanimate object because ever since I made that joke, that episode, just the weirdest shit happened. Entire recordings were gone. Nothing but static. We're talking brand new gear. Weird shit happened in my life. It was just bizarre. And I thought, you know what? Just on the off chance, just on the off chance that this thing is real, I'm going to write it an apology letter. You guys could probably figure out what doll I'm talking about. I'm not saying his name. I'll never talk. I'll never say his name again. And when I wrote the apology letter and I was sincere about it, things started getting better. <laughs> Is that coincidence? Maybe. But I'm sure as shit not going to test it again. It was bizarre. Like everything in my life just went belly up. The recording, the, the episode went to crap. I would play it. It'd be fine. I played it again. Nothing but static. And it was bizarre static too. It didn't sound like RF interference. I'm telling you, it was weird. And everybody in my family can corroborate this. It was bizarre. And I shit you not, after I wrote that apology letter, and I thought the lady at the front desk was going to laugh at me, and she totally understood she offered to bring the phone up to the glass enclosure so it could hear my apology. She said she'd done it before. And she keeps a wide berth around this doll. She said she works there at the museum where he's at. I shit you not. As soon as she did it that day, and I was sincere, the weird recording stuff stopped. Life got better. Could it be a coincidence? Like I said, yeah. And more than likely it is. But you know what? I'm not going to fucking test it again. The Ouija board is the same way. It opens doors. It opens windows. But not the kind of doors and not the kind of windows that you think. I think the Ouija board debunked as far as it's a paranormal thing, which I didn't expect. I thought we would actually prove the Ouija board. I was a little surprised after my week and a half of research. Debunked. But I'm not going to allow something with that kind of reputation in my life, right? I have a set of... Things that I live by, a set of creeds, ancient creeds. And you might not be a Christian, you might be into this. I'm not saying what you're doing is good or bad. I'm just saying me personally. I don't want anything with this kind of unsavory reputation in my life. I, I, I just don't. Like Just like I don't want people, certain people, with an unsavory reputation in my life. I don't. And I don't want to make excuses for them. And I don't want to have to defend it all the time. It's just not for me. Because I think it does open doors in a certain way. It does open windows to something else. Not paranormal, but something I don't want to mess with. That in itself, to me anyway, makes the Ouija board as cursed an object as if it was paranormal. And I know this was a touchy one, and I hope I didn't offend anybody that's into this and into the spirituality of it. That's cool. Good for you. It's just not how... It's just not what I've molded my life around. I'm not saying I'm better. I'm just saying I'm different, right? So that's all, friends. What do you think about the Ouija board, huh? Let me know. Comment on wherever you see this or send me a message. I'd like to see what your opinion is. 
or if you have any stories yourself. That's all, friends. Special thanks to this week's sponsors who make the show possible. Make sure to check out the link to our Patreon page in this episode's description, where as little as a dollar a month, you can get everything from bonus episodes, ad-free episodes, giveaways of certain tiers, outtakes, bloopers, and a podcast just for the patrons. Ah, special thanks to the patrons, by the way. The Kunkel Homestead YouTube channel, Donald Haynes, Kristen Belt, Dillagaff. You guys freaking rule. Now, are we ever going to run out of strange places to talk about? I don't think so. Because every town has a strange place, and maybe one day, we'll visit yours. Introducing INT Japan, the podcast that immerses you in the rich tapestry of Japan, going beyond the typical cliches. Their show delves into everything Japan, from the captivating realms of anime, the enchanting culture, and the depths of its music, to exploring its struggles as a real country, populated by real people. They aim to provide a multifaceted view of Japan, unfiltered and unvarnished, far from the fantasy land often depicted in popular media. Their mission is simple. They aim to ignite your curiosity about Japan and provide an honest, unvarnished view of their country. Their passionate host guides you through this captivating nation, offering a perspective that feels like you've been transported there. The way the show is delivered, the presentation, INT Japan expertly transports you. Honestly, it's one of the most interesting podcasts I've ever heard. In a world where Japan is often inaccurately portrayed, the podcast strives to showcase the real Japan, one that is perhaps even more colorful, fascinating, and multifaceted than what popular culture's most creative minds have been able to come up with. Join me in this exploration of Japan's true essence. Look for a link to INT Japan in this episode's description and embark on a journey that promises to reveal the authentic Japan you've been longing to discover.